0: Good morning. This is Pastor Julie, and it's the first Sunday of Advent, and we are in a series, Fulfilled. The Days Are Surely Coming. And our scripture this morning is Jeremiah 33, 14 to 16. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those times, in those days, and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Have you ever thought about living in an airport? There was a movie called The Terminal with Tom Hanks about that very thing. A man from a fictional country flies into JFK and discovers that while he was in the air, his country suffered a military coup, and the U.S. was no longer recognizing his passport as valid. He ends up living in the airport because he was told he had to stay there until things got sorted out. And maybe you knew this already, but maybe like me, you didn't. This movie was loosely based on a true story, the story of Mehran Karimi Nasiri, a man who ended up living in Charles de Gaulle International Airport in France for 18 years. What I didn't know, even though I've traveled around the world flying into and out of airports all the time, was that international airports are considered international space, meaning that while you're in the airport, you're not in any particular country. Only when you leave the airport are you technically in that country. People... And there have been quite a few, apparently, can get stuck in that space for many different reasons, but mostly similar to the Tom Hanks conundrum. They don't have a valid passport stating they are the citizen of some particular country that is recognized by the airport they are in. Without the proper paperwork or passport, you can't exit the airport and you can't fly to anywhere else either. That's what happened to Mr. Nassiri. He had been expelled from his home country of Iran after he participated in a student protest against the leadership of his country. He had gotten refugee status from Belgium, so he had the proper paperwork so to speak. However, after he decided to seek asylum in England, he flew into Charles de Gaulle Airport on the way, and in between flights he lost his papers. As far as the French officials were concerned, he had no country, and technically, he didn't exist. The main problem was that to get replacement papers, he had to physically go to Belgium, which he wasn't allowed to do. So, he ended up in the airport, a man without a country, without a home, other than this space, where people were going from one place to another. It was not made to be a real home, just a way station. And I thought about how that would feel, not having a home, just existing in a space where those around you said you didn't exist at all, having to rely on the kindness of others to survive, and sitting back and watching other people live their lives while you're in some sort of crazy limbo, an exile, really, exiled from your country, your family, and friends, and exiled from your identity. That's a huge price to pay for losing a few papers. Hang on to your passports when you travel, folks, or else pack your carry-on for the long haul. The passage for this first week in Advent comes from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet to the kings and people of Judah. He was God's chosen mouthpiece to give them the bad news. Now, to be fair, it didn't have to be bad news. They just didn't listen. So the bad news became reality. He told them long before it happened that if they did not turn around, repent, and come back to God, they would be expelled from their homeland. Jerusalem would be destroyed by a conquering nation, and they would be taken into exile. And now, to be fair, when he speaks the words we hear today, none of that doom and gloom has actually happened. It's just a prediction, a warning. I imagine they were a lot like us. We don't really like to think the worst will actually happen either. Stop raining on our parade. Let's look at the positive. See the sunshine. And to be fair, God told Jeremiah they wouldn't listen. You have to wonder what they thought about all Jeremiah had said when they literally watched the the Chaldeans tear down the walls of Jerusalem, burn all their homes, and then the temple, and force them on a long march to exile in Babylon. I know they didn't have airports and international space back then, but now those Israelites were people without a country, without a home, wondering if they would ever feel they belonged anywhere ever again. And how about you? Maybe you haven't been exiled in another country or an airport, but have you ever felt like circumstances beyond your control have left you disconnected or exiled uh, from your family, from your friends? of having any place to call home? Have you looked around at this world and thought, you really don't belong here? It can be a sad place to be, a place of hopelessness and despair, of feeling overwhelmed and out of control. Is there a word of hope for times like this in our lives? If we open our ears to hear the word of Jeremiah, I believe there is hope on this first Sunday of Advent. In our passage today, Jeremiah, who has been preaching doom and gloom, suddenly stops and begins to give the promise of a hopeful and beautiful future. Now, the Israelites are probably not the only ones surprised by this. Jeremiah is too. In the midst of his warnings, God tells him to buy a field in the danger zone. Buy it, take the deed, and seal it for the future. Jeremiah is puzzled, but obedient. And once he does what he's asked to do, he prays to God to understand why on earth he would want to buy property when everything was about to be destroyed, when literally no one would be there since they would be taken away to Babylon as prisoners. And God tells Jeremiah that although the punishment would happen, just like God told them, God had not given up on them and wanted them to have hope. In order to have hope, they would need a vision of returning home. He doesn't hold back the reality of what will happen, death and destruction, and he knows they will look at what's in front of them and see only terror. In order to have hope, the people will need to know that what they see in that moment is not the final view, that they will return to their homes, that what was lost will be restored. And in Jeremiah 33, starting in verse 10, just before our passage, God says, In this place of which you say, It is a waste without human beings or animals. In towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without inhabitants, human or animal, there shall once more be heard the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voices of those who sing as they bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord. For I will restore their fortunes of the land as at first. This is a vision of hope even before there is the time of exile. And maybe this vision will help get them through the hard times, knowing that it won't last forever and all will be set right once again. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. So what is that promise that is being fulfilled? It is known as the Davidic covenant or the covenant God makes with David in 2 Samuel 7. In verses 12 and 13, God tells David, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And in Isaiah 11, we hear the promise of God, the promise he makes to the Israelites, the promise of this same righteous branch in our passage today. A shoot shall come up out of the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. We know that this righteous branch, the shoot from the stump of Jesse, is Jesus. Jesus, was Jesse, was J- David's father, and Matthew takes a whole chapter at the beginning of that gospel to detail his ancestry through David and Jesse, so that everyone reading it would recognize the prophecy and the lineage of Jesus. Long before Jesus was born, God knew the plan, made a way for the Israelites to have hope, even when the world around them would be full of death and destruction. God was not only giving them hope, but a vision of their true identity and their true home. Their identity, their lives could only be found in God. I won't leave you orphaned. You won't be abandoned. There is hope. For the Israelites, their vision was going home to Jerusalem, of building their houses, tending their own flocks, getting married and having children, of life going back to the way it was. Even in the midst of terror as they were taken away like strangers to a strange land. They could keep the beautiful vision God had for them. They could get through it. Home wasn't so far away. If they could hold on to their hope. Looking around at this world, we may be living in our own homes. But are we at home with the way the world is working out? We live in a time when the entire world seems ready to break apart burn up, be taken out by twisters, get caught up in floods and rising waters. What we call home can be wiped out in an instant. Just in 2021, almost 10,000 homes burned in the wildfires. That's 10,000 families who lost their home. Then there's hurricanes and earthquakes, volcanoes and other natural disasters that have impacted whole countries. And the pandemic in our Injured economy has led people to be evicted from their homes in high numbers, too. Broken families and domestic violence have led even more people to flee from their homes and go to a place of limbo, like a shelter, and that can feel like being exiled. Anger and violence have divided us to the point that we can no longer look each other in the eye and say that We are brothers and sisters sharing the same home. We can have a roof over our heads and still feel like we don't belong here, like we don't have a real home. Have you ever felt like that? So what keeps us going? Hope. That vision of the future that God gives to us as we witness the birth of Jesus. Heaven comes down to earth. And we can see with our own eyes that God has come to make his home with us to end our exile and give us our true home. Jesus tells us before he walks to the cross that if we love him, we will make he will make his home in us. So that no matter where we go, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter how bleak the future seems, we have a home that can never be taken from us. We're not in some strange limbo with no identity and no future. Like being in an airport on the way to our true home, we are in this world, but this world is not our home. The birth of Jesus gives us a beautiful vision of the future, full of joy and peace, justice and righteousness. When the wolf will lie down with the lamb and all this doom and gloom, death and destruction will be no more. But like the Israelites... We need a vision to hang on to. What is that vision for you? We say in the Lord's Prayer that we want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that look like? What is heaven on earth? What do we want this world to be like? If this world were heaven on earth, truly our forever home, what would it be like? Well, there would be justice for all. There wouldn't be pain and suffering There would be smiles and joy. What has been broken will be restored, and no one would be in need. No prejudice or judgment. No harsh, hurtful words. No innocent people wrongly convicted. Actually, no crimes being committed at all. No abuse from trusted people. All children would be loved and wanted. I can think of a lot of things that make a perfect home. What about you? What is your heaven on earth? When we look into the manger, see God himself lying there as a baby. We see the face of love, the love that will not let the reality of this world be our forever home. In fact, he says it's not our home. We may have to live in the airport, we call this life, for a while, but as we wait, by faith in Christ, we are true citizens of heaven right now. In the meantime, we are called to work to bring heaven to earth, just as Jesus did so many years ago, prophecies foretold, born in a manger, living in the airport right along with us, making a way for us to go home giving us a new passport. You know, when I travel, I make lots of lists. What will I need when I get there and back safely? What will I wear? What do I need to know in case we have a problem? I keep copies of my passport just in case, so they will know where I am from and who I am. But as people of God living in the airport of life between heaven and earth, we have an eternal passport through the Spirit of God. We read about our true home in our Bibles. This is the vision of the future God has given us, and surely the days are coming. This shows us the way home, and we just need to keep working to bring heaven to earth as we wait. We do that through love. Love God, love one another, and keep the vision of hope in front of you. That vision is seen in the righteous branch of Jesus Christ. And our true home is revealed every time we love, truly love in his name. Let's show the world our true home, our identity in Christ through the way we live and love. The way we keep the vision of our future as a beacon of hope for the world. Amen.